Welcome back to another episode of Queued Up Esports. We are on episode six, bans in the competitive environment. Uh, I am a primary host, Nick Esposito, aka Monk HB, and with me are. I have you got Felipe, uh, also known as Freddie Bones, and hey, this is uh, D'Angelo. <laughs> oh God, no! Are you? Please edit this out. <laughs> No, <clears throat> I don't know where that came from. Uh, my name is D'Angelo, also known as D'Anthrax. Oh, my God. for the <laughs> one person to be coughing, it shouldn't have been me. Yeah, so yeah, what the funniest thing? Right, what just, just, what just happened there? Uh, no, right. this is staying in. Oh my uh, God, I have all the power. I'm the editor. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know what happened. I went to talk, and there was just something there, and I just started coughing. Man, that feeling where your saliva is your own worst enemy. <laughs> Which is insane because Freddie Bones is the one who's been suffering from bronchitis this entire time. And it was just like, man, I hope I don't cough. Let me pop a cough drop before this happens. And here we are. Felipe (laughs) uh, had the flu uh, last week and then uh, it turned into bronchitis. I constantly have a cough because my existence is pain. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But the one person here is the dude who's been like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm I haven't been sick in 20 years. That's not true. <laughs> All right, moving on. We're doing uh we're doing an episode on uh, bands in the competitive environment. And uh, what do what do I mean by bands? I mean I don't mean like at the at the start of your smash bracket. You you sit down with your opponent. You do your rock paper scissors to see who strikes stages and bands out. What stages are going to be? I'm talking about things in the game that are deemed too unbalanced in uh, in a competitive sense. So I'm talking about your Rainbow Cruises, your uh, Hyrule Castles. Uh, D'Angelo said uh, before we started this, I think uh, Akuma and Street Fighter 2. Like, things like that. Things that are just too... They're, they're just too powerful and they have no way of getting rid of them other than to just like either impose like a soft ban or just like a hard flat out, don't pick this character. So... As uh, for the itinerary, we're gonna we're kind of we've already kind of covered like what we mean by bands. We're uh, we're gonna talk about some like notable bands in the past, uh, and then uh, the kind of the methodology and reasoning of things that should and shouldn't be banned. Like what qualifies as that, and then uh, yeah, then we're gonna kind of like move into modern day quote unquote bands, which uh, is more more or less because uh, everything in this day and age is on the internet patches. Just get nerfed out or, or buffed, you know, something the counter strategy gets buffed. So starting out, uh, let's go over some notable bands that have uh, happened in the past and the present while we're at it. Cause uh, let's, we're, we're going to start in the present. We're going to go back in time. Start uh, in the present. So presently for people that follow magic, the gathering know that standard, uh, the flagship format of magic, the gathering has received numerous bands in past few months and this is design oversights from uh from the design team at wizards oko thief of crowns who was deemed too efficient uh he for for people that uh are familiar with magic he's a planeswalker two plus abilities deals with anything generates life steals things from his opponent too good and the cards that are around him were also just too good at what they needed to do (laughs) i have very intimate knowledge with this because i hit mythic last season and i want to thank oko and (laughs) once upon a time for helping my transition from plat to diamond okay so i think from plat to so let me explain a bit about how laddering works um once you hit a certain like in in magic arena once you hit a certain tier um you can't fall below that tier and um oh, every tier has yeah every tier has four levels so you have um plat four and then you win six games to go to plat three win six games to go to plat two to one and then you move on up out of that but you can't go lower than plat four which is like pretty good right so you you just have to like win to win two lose one kind of thing have a 55 percent deck and you'll you'll be fine when i was laddering back when oko was legal i think i won straight out from plat three all the way to diamond <laughs> Without losing a game? Yeah, yeah. I won what? I won um eighteen games straight, I think. And it just got me to diamond and I was just like, well this is easy. 
<laughs> play a like play a magic easy. I don't, easy I, don't, I, don't, I don't know I was, why people are complaining. I'm I was pro. playing first to one, and there were times like I had a card. It was called Veil. Oh, so Summer. no sideboards. Yeah, no, no sideboards. But I was running a sideboard card as my main deck because I knew that I was just probably going to have to use this card eventually. So yeah, it it That's was just playing the meta. It was yeah, it was playing the meta. Like it was absolutely amazing, and there were. I mean, probably about six of those games total were turn two Oko, my opponent's scoops. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, Jesus they, they saw it and they were just in like, In a well, best I, of one? That's ridiculous. Yeah, in a best of one, because they'd be, it's much more worth it for them to just, like, not play that game out and move on to something they can win. Yeah, That's was, how good Oko was. <laughs> yeah, it was that good. So I, I definitely get it. <laughs> Little did they know, the whole format was that. So how many cards total was banned in the last, uh, I don't know, month or two? I don't know how long the banning cycle was, but how many cards total were banned in Standard? So we have uh, Oko Thief of Crowns, uh, Veil of Summer, which is uh, the sideboard card uh, D'Angelo was talking about. It was essentially a one-mana counterspell that drew you a card and then also gave all your permanent text proof. Let me let me just say, <laughs> it was actually a one-mana, um, what is it? Cryptic uh, Command. It was, yeah, it was a one-mana Cryptic Command, which is insane. <laughs> Cryptic Command costs four mana. So this this was just, it, it was perfect. So yeah, uh, that card was banned because it was just way too oppressive for uh, decks that were blue and black. Uh, Once Upon a Time uh, was too efficient at giving you answers. It uh, let you look at the top five cards, put a creature land from it into, uh, into your hand, put the rest on the bottom. But there was a, what is this car? <laughs> um, that was outrageous. Oh, that might have been me. Yeah. Or not me, but like, yeah. <laughs> but uh, there was a there was an extra line of text on Once Upon a Time that said, if uh, it's the first spell you cast, you could cast it for free. And every free spell ever is always busted in this yeah. game. Yeah. They have never made a good free spell. They've made some. Like, I don't think anyone is going to argue that, like, uh, like, it's there. It's like one of the Phyrexian mana cards. It's like, like shot and stuff. It's like marrow shards. I think probe. Probe was oh yeah. Probe yeah. was busted. But I don't think anyone is gonna argue that like marrow shards is like breaking breaking uh, parity by it being free. Okay, that's fair. Uh, yeah. But gutshot kind of. But free spells bad. generally bad idea. Uh, yeah. so yeah. Oko, Once Upon a Time, Veil of Summer. I feel like there was another one that was banned in this standard. There was more than three? Uh, we can look this up. Yeah, we can definitely look it up. And it's probably something we should have done before. But it, uh... <laughs> it's... Oh, Field of the Dead. Oh, Field of the Dead, yes. That was it. And yeah. uh, Field of the Dead... I actually only assumed there was three. I didn't know there were more than three. Yeah, Field... That one was banned, like, one one cycle before Oko was. Yeah, so... But it was still the same, yeah. That sounds like a, that's a lot for standard. When was the last time more than three cards was banned in a standard <laughs> format? Felipe, you yeah. haven't been around for a while. Uh, they... Standard is, like, the new format to ban cards in. Oh, is it really? I feel... Yeah, back when I used to... I haven't played in, like, I don't know, six years. Back when I used to play it, it didn't happen that often. Um... Yeah, to, to give you, like, a little, like brief history lesson a few years before that there was uh Aethervolt Kaladesh and in that they banned uh Smuggler's Copter, Attune with Aether, Emrakul the Promise End, Reflector Mage uh and like just a little bit before that they banned Collected Company like the <laughs> Gatewatch format? They banned Collected Company? It's standard? standard I believe so yes uh, I feel like that wasn't broken in I mean I, I wasn't playing during then but I feel like that card was busted in other formats, not standard. Nah, it's huh. It got it was busted pretty. Jeez. Like, almost immediately after um, Oath came out, that card was like busted. But yeah, like they and like ever since then, they've kind of just been like, ra- like not ramping up, but like still banning cards. Like they banned like two cards after that standard format and then like another card and then they unbanned a card that was about to rotate it like rotate out um so yeah it was it was like standard's been like a rough ride for the past couple years which is like 
unsettling because that format is supposed to be the one that people buy into. And right, that's where they make most of their money. Right, they buy into that's it. Where, and that's where people new people get start new, playing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. no one, no one breaks into legacy. Yeah, that's not a thing that people do. I feel. Yeah, so it's it's just like a little bit concerning when uh, that's happening, and I feel it's it's a good thing because like from a design standpoint, they're not afraid to like push boundaries, but it's also. Uh, but it also means they're not testing properly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like they're not looking at it with like a critical enough eye and asking like, well, how does this interact with this? Because they um they accidentally introduced uh, a Splinter Twin into the format. Oh, that say. shit's back. Well, uh, it's Sahili, not Sahili Rai combo. Yeah, it's not it's not back now. But uh, they in Kaladesh they had uh, Sahili Rai, who's a planeswalker, and her minus ability is. Uh, make a copy of a creature an artifact or yeah make a copy of a creature it becomes an artifact in addition to its abilities uh in addition to like its other stuff um and it gains haste and then literally the next set they printed a card that said <laughs> it's a one four that says uh classic one four by the way <laughs> yeah blink a the first time that happened <laughs> blink a permanent <laughs> and like yeah like literally just like resto but for permanence right so you just Blink the Sahili Rai, she comes back into play, yep. and then you make a... That's the combo, yep. yeah. So, <laughs> and then just Infinite One it. Force. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Infinite wow. One Force to kill your opponent. And that was like a complete oversight, and they had an emergency banning for it, because they were like, we can't like deal with this right now. Oh my god. So yeah, like that's that's like just developer oversight. But that's the thing that happens in those types of games, though, where like you can't patch out a printed piece of paper. Um, there's text in that card that's going out, and that's the way it is. Yeah. Um, and so, other, like, you gotta ban it. Other card games have done, like, erratas, but mm-hmm. generally, the card, like, like you said, the text is printed on the card. Like, yeah. it's really hard to... It's easier to tell someone, like, oh, you can't play with that card, it's banned, than actually that card doesn't work the way it says it works. Right, yeah. Oh, you see yeah. what this text is clearly written on the card with all kinds of other rules, text, and parentheses, and giving all the explanation? Yeah, it's bullshit. Believe me instead. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh is very um it's very known for erratas, but I think the thing that helps Yu-Gi-Oh with that is because they have such a high level of reprinting things from older sets. You can get away with printing updated text or like oracle oh, text on um on newer versions of cards to say that this is what the card should say now that it's updated. The one you have is an older version and may not necessarily reflect what the card does now. Um how people feel about that is uh, how they feel about Yu-Gi-Oh and in Konami in general, but it is what it is. I don't think it's like terrible. There, there are other reasons why reprinting cards are not great for it, but as it stands, it's not terrible. Since... It would mean like you would go by whatever rule uh, is most recent, right? You look at the date yeah. on the card and be like, "All right, this is the one we're going to go with because it's the most recent ruling." Mm-hmm. And uh, since we're on the topic of Yu-Gi-Oh, this is actually something I. Uh... <laughs> I uh, left out of the notes, but since we're talking about it, I remember there was uh, not too long ago, uh, they did a banner restriction, but, and I'm like scrolling through a chat that I have to kind of see if I can find it, but they banned, like, they banned and unbanned and restricted, like, somewhere around like 30-something cards. Yeah. Within Yu-Gi-Oh? Yes. Yep. This happens That's a lot. That's a Thirty cards is an ass ton of cards. Holy if shit! I remember correctly though, their ban cycles are every either every three months or every six months. So yeah, like so, there's like more time in between each ban cycle, so they're able to evaluate it like a little bit more. But like, it's like okay, uh, two cards are banned, and then uh, eight cards that were previously banned or limited oh, come off of the list. Come off of the list, and then uh, there's a bunch of other cards like. Like, it looks like uh, 20 or so that are, like, restricted to one or two of in your deck. Yeah, yeah. so I can also provide some context with this after playing Yu-Gi-Oh! for a long time, that a lot of times when things come off the list, they come off super underpowered because of power creep in this game. So Mm. what'll happen is cards that that were... put on the list years ago right just may not be able to keep up with new mechanics with new uh new ways of making things stronger and quicker 
and sometimes their effects might not always hold up or stand the test of time. That being said, uh, this last uh, banning period, if I remember correctly, they brought a card back called Super Polymerization. Let well, me. It's anything like Magic's Polymorph. I have an idea of what it might do. Let me. Let me. Uh, let me tell you what Super Poly does real quick in in the the style of a Magic card, right? Because it's very important to understand what it does, right? So you can activate it at instant speed. Um, discard one card. Um, fusion summon one. Uh, Take one uh, one mo- fusion summon one monster from your extra deck using monsters from e- from both your side, uh, from either side of the field as fusion material. <laughs> so um, you- wait, so from your opponents too? Yeah, yeah. You can use your opponent's the creatures fuck? for fusion summon. Yep. So it's automatically a plus one. All right. Um, neither player can activate cards or effects in response to this card's activation. So it's a uh, it's a removal spell that can't be countered that can remove multiple creatures from the field mm-hmm. and then yep. give you a creature. <laughs> give you a creature that your opponent can't counter or respond to in any way, shape, or form. And it that went like back a up card. To... It sounds like a card that was made for the anime to fill a plot device. And that went up to three. And I just I just remember someone saying, I was like, Super Polymerization is back up to three. There's this very specific player that plays with this card that's probably going to win Nationals. And I think they won a... Um, they won an SJC. So, <laughs> like they, they did end up winning um, a a um, a he's, major. He's just sitting with his set of uh, set of those cards in just like a box. His time. <laughs> he's like soon, soon it'll happen soon. I Open believe in Konami. <laughs> Old reliable. <laughs> he's like ah, oh, back at it again. <clears throat> he had it in like a mahogany case that he had to like dust off. Yeah, yeah, right. Like it's yeah. like John yeah, Wick. He goes downstairs, right, yeah. breaks out the sledgehammer, breaks right. it. It's like they're, they keep bringing me back, and he's just breaking yeah. open his concrete floor to pull just, up his set of super. Yeah, volumes. just pulls up the box and just <laughs> blows all the dust off of it. It's yeah. time again. Sleeves it back up, start shuffling. Yeah, just like Which old times, into, <laughs> man. Like just questionable decisions, right? Like why would a card like that ever come back and and come back in three, right? Because Yu-Gi-Oh also has um, because you can your ma- your card max is three. Sometimes they 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 have limited, semi-limited, and just like unlimited, right? So like you can you can just have cards that come back uh, as at semi-limited. You can only run two or limited. You can only run one in your deck, right? So for that card to come back at three it was kind of kind of nutty. It was yeah, a big kinda, red flag. Kind of fucked up. Yeah, kind of a red flag. You guys have never played this game, I'm assuming, but you could just tell from that description that doesn't yeah. sound like a good card, right? Like I've played Magic, so describing it in Magic terms, like you did, is the most busted thing I ever heard of in my life. Like if it, I, I don't yeah. know what I don't know if like I don't know if um, there's no mana, it's just free. Yeah, it's you just, just play it. That's fucking ridiculous to me. <laughs> and then there's also like the other thing too is that like there are fusion monsters that just say like. Like, sometimes they say, like, requires one dragon and one, like, something, right? There are some fusion monsters that just say they require one specific card and then creature. So, like, it doesn't matter what your opponent has on the field. You just use all of your opponent's stuff and you you just, you take it all and you just remove everything on their side of the field. Nice one-sided board wipe. That also nets me something. Yeah. Which will probably also have some ETB effect (laughs) that does something super broken. (laughs) For free. And can't be countered or interacted like, with. All, right. for, all for free. <laughs> at, at instant speed. At instant speed, yeah. Like, yeah. Sometimes bans are necessary, right? Balance. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we're going we're gonna to move out of the realm of card games, uh, back into uh, fighting games or uh, non-traditional fighters in this, in this case. Uh, Meta Knight in uh, Super Smash Bros. Brawl. Uh, I know Felipe and I were we're long time Smash players. Uh, we Ugh. we rode the train from melee to brawl. We're back to melee now. But Meta Knight and Brawl was like such a menace, and it's kind of funny because by the end of Brawl's lifespan, he wasn't the menace anymore. Um, because there were just so many people that like played against the character, and there were characters that had like good matchups, but his worst matchup was still like fifty fifty. Yeah. It, it, he invalidated something like ninety percent of the cast. Right, and that uh, isn't even an exaggeration. There was yeah. like three characters that could fight him. That's it. And it was as a as a brawl player. There was a point where um, I played a low tier character. I played Mario, and uh, I was a damn good Mario, and I could tussle with like some Meta Knights. But at a competitive level, it gets to the point where I'm like, 
shit, I just, I need to have a second character. And that's the main reason why I had, like, Snake in my in my back pocket. Because what would happen is I would go to tournament, and this has literally happened to me. Um, I went to a tournament, and I played against this player, GDX. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, like, who a lot of people probably know. Um, mm-hmm. As a Brawl player, he was a Diddy Kong main. And this is the first tournament he and I have, like, ever played against each other. We talked a lot on Smashboard, so we were, like, familiar with who we are. And he's, like, under the impression that Mario is just, like, really bad. Um, because a dude in his playgroup plays Mario, but not nearly as good as I am. And uh, game one, I, like, thrash his Diddy Kong. Like, it's not even close. Uh, game two... I uh I thrashes Diddy Kong again. Game three, he goes Meta Knight, and uh, I decide to like stick Mar because like we're in like um we're in winners finals at this point. No, I'm sorry. Game one, he uh yeah. Game one, he goes Meta Knight. This is like before winners finals. Game one, he goes uh Diddy Kong. Game two, he goes Meta Knight. Game three, he goes Meta Knight, and I like just lose because I played Mario the whole way through. Uh, in uh losers finals. I, he plays Diddy Kong, play Mario, I beat him. He switches to Meta Knight, he beats me. I switch to Snake, beat his Meta Knight, and then he, like, then switches to a third character that he's just not really good with, but has, like, a favorable matchup against Snake, and I end up winning, and he's just like, I didn't realize you could play Snake, and I'm like, I have to, man. I have to, (laughs) Uh, like, I would have just lost. Like, it was literally the difference between third and second place. And, like, I had to have that character or I would have been completely eliminated. Like, back then, people would, quote-unquote, main a character. Uh, and they'll, they'll, every single person had a pocket Meta Knight. Um, because you had to. Um, like, he's just that good of a character that you had to know how to deal with the Meta Knight. And the best way to deal with Meta Knight is to, like, play with him for a little while. And you realize he's busted as shit. So when you get into a situation that you can't beat with your main character, well, there's that pocket Meta Knight right there. That's every single person had one. Old reliable. <laughs> so what happened in the Smash community is there became a divide in uh, in rule sets where there uh, there was the main rule set where it's like yeah all characters legal all like these are the stages we plan this is the counterpicking system this is how everything works but then I think it was called Unity don't quote me on this uh, there was another rule set and I believe it was called Unity rule set where they said no Meta Knight and here's this different stage configuration. It wasn't like too far off, but like it had like some slight variations because there wasn't like this super oppressive character anymore. So that, that like opened up the field to like some more stages that could be played. Cool. Um, so what ended up happening is like, you would look at tournaments and you would try to see like which rule set it was like on because a lot of top level players wouldn't go to the one that Meta Knight was banned. Like Mewtwo King just hated that rule set. So he wouldn't go to those tournaments. Um, and then you had like a lot of other players who were like, well, I don't want to play against Meta Knight, so I'm only going to go to these tournaments. And it created this weird divide in the community. Um, and eventually, like after a few months, the secondary subset that had Meta Knight banned was just like, we're, we're no longer the thing. There's not going to be any more tournaments with this rule set. So like it just got completely shut down and Meta Knight like, was still there. And like I said, by the end of Brawl's lifespan he didn't end up being as much as a problem as he was like towards the middle and like the beginning of brawl. But he was, I think it's only because like you only had so many other characters to play it though. Like people just wrote off so much of the cast that, okay, cool. So I have Meta Knight. I have, um, ICs. I have Esam was still playing Pikachu cause it's fucking Esam. Um, but he still played ICs. Uh, it was like the buzz was on a uh, Olimar. Olimar. Yeah. Um, but the game was Snake still played. I think Ally still played Snake, yeah, right? Yeah, Ally, Ally still played Snake. The game like essentially it was like five characters. Yeah, it boiled it. down to five <laughs> characters. Uh, Zero Six like, Samus a little bit because like Nick Riddle. Yeah, um, there was like there's a forty character game. Five characters are being played, um, <laughs> because of Meta Knight exclusively because of Meta Knight. That's a, that's a meta I can get behind. <laughs> Yeah, D'Angelo wants as little variance as possible. He doesn't want to have to learn a million different matchups. He wants to learn three matchups and then test his metal. Yeah, I mean, I, I can like, respect that to an extent. Um, it's one of the reasons. Lines, it's one of the reasons why I think melee has exactly enough characters it needs. Um, like, I don't need fifty playable characters. Like, I've got somewhere between eight to ten. That's a good number of characters. I agree. That's all with I need that. eight to ten is enough to be able to learn all of those and not have to deal with like. What's this random Luigi player? 
um, doing <laughs> stupid weird things. I don't want to. I don't want to learn that. Um, I'll learn my eight to ten characters, and that's it. So while we're on the topic of like Smash, um, and we'll uh, we'll like push back to melee at this point now. Uh, the melee okay. competitive rule set has uh, six total stages that can be played in singles. You have your five neutrals and then the one counter pick in Pokemon Stadium. And I feel like it's important to note this because there's there's like 40 stages in that game. Like something like that. Something like that. I would, I would say closer to about 30, 32, but yeah. it's, there's certainly more than six. Yeah, so it <laughs> it is like boiled down to this. And you look at it and you're like, well, why though? <laughs> Like why are all why can't I play on any of these stages? Um and with melee the 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 casual favorite is like Hyrule Castle. It's like this big map and like you can go down and like live to like three hundred percent and you're like bouncing the, off the walls. fucking fight pits uh, down yeah, there. Yeah, there's the oh, fucking yeah. fight pit. And <laughs> like people are like, Man, I really want to play on that stage and then uh <laughs> You, you go to a tournament, it's like, okay, you want to play on this stage, and a competitive player picks Fox, they shoot three lasers at you, you have 12%, and then they proceed to run away for eight minutes. Because the timer in the game is eight minutes. And you, like, because Fox is, like, so much mobility, you just can't catch him. You can't deal more damage to him than he's done. He's only done 12%. And then, like, you're at risk of, like, killing yourself like trying to chase him because he can go from like all different angles up and down like one of the sides of the stage and your character can just like fall and die and then it's like great now they're a stock behind so <laughs> this is even better yeah. a lot of the stages are banned because they're not good in a one versus one environment they they're good with like items turned on and four people and all kinds of bullshit and and that's fine if you're playing casually but when you hit the competitive setting like most of those stages are not one versus one viable. Right. Um, and one of my favorite stages of all time, Mute City. Uh, it used I fucking can't stand Mute City. I love Mute City. It's, <laughs> it's my favorite stage. And uh, it it's my favorite stage it so much. It has one saving grace. Uh, you can you can wave dash real far on the slidey pads, and that's it. So if I it like... wasn't for those slidey pads, garbage stage, burnt with fire. So I like Mute City so much, it made Hungrybox famous. <laughs> Cause, uh, Tell that story. Yeah, so Hungrybox is a uh, very first tournament. It's a uh, Twilight Showdown uh, two or three. Um, this is in Tampa, then. Yeah, it's in Tampa. He came out or from Brandon, Rome. something like that. Yeah. yeah, it's it's his first tournament he ever went to um, since like signing up for Smashboards. And uh, I met him in losers bracket. He was my first match in losers bracket, which means he lost in like winners bracket really early on. And uh, back then, uh, the first stage wasn't decided by striking. It was decided by, like, neutral stages would be turned on, and you would random to one of them. And uh, I played... Oh, I hated that rule set. I remember that now. <laughs> I uh, I played Mario. He played Jigglypuff, obviously. And uh, it random to Dreamland, which is Jigglypuff's worst or best stage. Uh, Mario's, like, whatever stage. It doesn't matter. He can't kill Jigglypuff at any percent. And... Uh, the the competitor in me was like still not fully developed. I was still there to have fun, and at this time it's still the wild west. So there's like a bunch of stages that are legal that shouldn't be. Uh, so I counterpicked to Mute City, and uh, he four stocks me there because Jigglypuff is so damn good on that stage. Uh, hung <clears throat> Hungrybox then would he he beat me, went on to the next round, losers. And any time, like, he would win the first game against, he won the first game against every single one of his opponents, lost the second game, and would counterpick them to Mute City, and he went, <laughs> and he went all the way to third place with that at his very first tournament. Amazing. A Mute City god? Um, um, currently the best player in the world, by the way. Yeah. So if it means anything, you, you got him there, man. You were, you trained that guy, you raised him. Yeah. The, all right, that was you. If I if I dig far enough back on Smashboards, there's a there's that tournament thread, and he gave me a shout out where he said, "Hey man, thanks for counterpicking to Mute City." <laughs> like, like I, I I won all my stuff, and because of that, like people are starting to talk to him, and be like, "Whoa, man! Like maybe this guy's good." He started playing more, started going to more tournaments, started traveling out of state, and eventually, like, got to the where he is now. But like, ultimately, in the present, that stage is fucking banned. Because it's, because it's busted as shit. Yeah, like, 
it's it's got a track. There's no ledges. It really favors characters like Jigglypuff and Peach. Uh, there's fucking cars that come out of the sky and just like hit you. I don't know why that was considered a fucking playable stage. It doesn't make any it's sense. It's insane. Because it was the fucking Wild West, dude. Rainbow Cruise was legal. Fucking uh, like so, Poke Floats was legal. Like, yeah, Poke Floats is legal. There were so many stages back then that were legal that had no business being legal. I don't remember what the the rule of thought was back then. Like why, why why did we decide to leave? like why was that a thing? I don't it was too long ago, I don't remember. So, uh Rainbow Cruise is on a cycle, you know what's coming up. They thought the same thing for Mute City and they knew the same thing for Poke Floats. Just, okay, so because it's on a cycle, um but like they What about they, the RNG in like the cars that come by? They, Mute City, for example. They didn't realize that those were off cycle. Oh, really? Yeah, they didn't okay. realize that at the time. Like I said, Wild West. And then, no, like, no one fucking knows anything. Um, and then as far as uh, Rainbow Cruise, the blast zones are the problem there. It isn't even the cycle. Um, you can, like, Fox can wave shine somebody off the edge in certain areas just because he can. Because the blast zones are right there. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, like again, <laughs> again, it, like, the mindset for competitive melee back then was more on the fucking get good, man. If you Okay, fair. You're not, I actually like that mindset a lot, though. I, I like the, you're not good enough is the problem. I yeah, like that like, mindset. Uh, fuck, man. Got caught in uh, Ice Climber Infinite? Shouldn't I got grabbed? Yeah. It's it's the Isaiah, uh, the Isaiah mantra. Don't get hit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. I, I'll, I'll, I mean, I don't, I, don't, I won't accept it, but but <laughs> I'll understand it. Right? I don't like it, but I'll, I'll, all right. I understand it now. Right. So I feel like that's kind of all that's I stages. got on like. A, I mean, there's strategies though, like because we're talking about banning, um, banning infinites like, um, like wobbling in melee. That is true. And I don't, yeah. I don't know about other, I don't know about other fighting games as far as go. This is something where the uh, anthrax might, might. I don't know. As I guess far, they would. As far as I know, like, it, um, specific infinites like haven't necessarily gotten banned because we we had Marvel too. So yeah. infinite infinites have never just been a thing. Um, ex- exploitive guard like exploitive guard breaks have never been. I'm trying to think if they've ever been like addressed by the community as saying we should ban this thing. The only thing that I can remember is Street Fighter II's Akuma, which received a soft banning in Japan. So that the character wasn't explicitly banned. They were just. They, they just came to a general consensus that they shouldn't pick him in tournament, and everyone just, um, out of good faith, abided by that. They just agreed? Yeah, they just, they just you agreed. You know on? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, you have to take it in Street Fighter 2, there wasn't a lot of money on the line. It was yeah, a lot that's more fair. pride, right? So, like, they, like, they were just, they were just like, alright, well, I mean, this yeah. thing is not gonna get banned, right? It's I like beating think... somebody with the joke character, but in reverse. So, like, if you beat somebody <laughs> with Dan, like, oh, this guy can fucking beat you because he beat you with Dan. But, yeah, he beat you with Akuma, so how good is he really? Akuma carried him. Yeah. Okay. Like, I can't think of, like, anything. So, like, Marvel 2 had infinites, it also had guard breaks, so, like, you could just lose your entire team in one hit. Um, Street Fighter 4, when it first came out, had um, had infinite combos. Akuma could, like, he could, like, stand heavy kick you to death. Um, it was, like, stand heavy kick, jab, stand heavy kick. Um, what else? Uh, Street Fighter 4 also had um, real unblockables in it as well. Where off yeah, of certain, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, off of certain um, knockdowns, um, depending on which way you decided to block, the game would just get confused and not block. So, like, you, you, just, you just got hit every single time. I'm trying to think what else what's the other none of that stuff was banned or at least like um i don't know like argued upon banning like nobody even considered it no it, like you, it was i think that the, the the general mindset of it when it comes to fighting games is if if it's easily accessible and you know that it exists let it rock right yeah, because like get good yeah get good, like, good. yeah like um save that shit for nationals was like a huge thing in alpha 2 because there was this thing called via custom combo where every every uh, character could activate um, a the ability to chain like a Yun style combo in Alpha series, right? Like you you press the buttons and it will um, it would you you could just chain every normal into every other normal, and then everyone could get get juggled in the corner of the screen um, by a jump combo, which they just couldn't touch the ground from. So you essentially just won the game off of it. But I think it was Vi that figured out that if you um, if you activated and then went straight into sweep, on the first frame the sweep was unblockable. So like you could you could you could 
custom combo through someone's block string, sweep, and then carry them to the corner and then loop them. Um, and he figured this out, like, uh, I want to say, like, months before, like, the evil of the time, the bat, um, before. So, like, he, he figured this out and didn't tell anyone. And there's a, there's a great, like, video of him versus John Choi in grand finals of that tournament where John Choi has no idea what's happening, but he decides to just copy what Vaya is doing and, like, is, is, like, adapting and learning how to do the via custom combo on the fly oh that's fucking awesome i would love to yeah. see that video sometime yeah i can i can find that and link it but it's it's one of those things where it's just like this like this is this was the mindset of like fighting gamers at the time right it was just like all right well i'm i'm i found something broken i'm not gonna tell anyone i'm gonna wait till i get to a, a major and preferably win it but then the countermeasure to that was you had people like john Choi that was just that were just like i'm gonna figure out what it is you're doing and then use it against you and like that, like for the longest time, you just let things rock because it was, it it wasn't as bad as it seemed, right? That is the it's most different. Yeah, that is the most anime shit I've ever heard in my it's life. It's very anime. It was so. Is, yeah, that, that does not fly in like modern stuff. No, because, um, that is uh, that was considered that cheating. It was like a famous um um a famous a famous thing in CS:GO. Oh my god, I can't think of it right now. Um, not a lift. Um, fuck. Um, like what happened? What do you call it when two characters stand on top of each other? Um, a ladder. To, to, sure, I think that's the wrong word though, but it's fine. Um, they two two of the same characters standing on top of each other to get to get more height, essentially, right? Um, and in a particular map in CS:GO, um, Fanatics busted this out uh, several years ago. They saved mm-hmm. this. They they found this out in scrims. They never used it until they were down like I don't know, like like twelve two in the game. Um, and they're like, all right, guys, we're gonna lose. We need to do this. And they busted it out. Um, they basically got over a clearing, um, over like a building that, you, that they had perfect line of sight from the enemy team. Uh, and it was just fucking easy pickings. It was shooting fish in a barrel. The enemy team did not know where they were coming from. And <laughs> Fanatics thought they were geniuses, right? Um, the, the, the casters were going crazy. They ended up winning the whole series. And they post-interview, they were like, yep, we found this out in scrims. Uh, we've been holding their back pocket just in case shit got real. Sure enough, shit got real. Bam game boys and then but it did not fly what they didn't know is that the community that was watching uh and the, the people in charge were like hard no this is basically considered cheating this is not allowed um they basically you know conned their way into a win uh and ended up getting patched out um and they actually permanently put in like a the, the valve at um the devs actually ended up putting in like a sign um where they actually did that 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 exploit um uh, like permanently in the game, um, you know, like like no boosting or whatever it's called, yeah. um, to you know, kind of immortalizing that strategy. But that was like a hard no. Like saving that strategy and saving it for tournament was like not cool. Um, that's something that should have been passed out of the game, and they were like, it 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 killed that crew of fanatic. Um, like their their reputation tanked dramatically. Yeah, that's unreal to believe though. Yeah. Like, like. That's so what like there so in a competitive yeah, the sense, overpass boost um, is what it's called the infamous okay. fanatic overpass boost. So like there's a there's a competitive mindset in me where I look at that and I'm like oh that's not really honorable like you're using a strategy people didn't know about to like leverage that for victory that's that's like scummy but then there's like the other side of me that's like no that's incredibly smart like that's like why would I like show everyone like all this shit when there's really cool videos of it? Um, (laughs) It's fucking genius. Yeah. And granted, (laughs) I, I believe like it being patched out is like ultimately the correct thing. If it was literally as easy as you said it was where it's like, Oh, they literally just fucking like slaughtered that whole team. Oh yeah. They destroyed them. Uh, You have to understand they had perfect line of sight over where they leave their spawn. Right. Like not in their spawn, but they have one exit out of their spawn. Yeah. So So like they're literally just fucking ducks walking to the fucking slaughter. Yeah. Yeah. So sniper rifle, just pop, pop, pop. Um, By the time all of them finally get out of, uh, get out of there, like three or four of them are dead. It's one of it's a one V five. Right. That's like, that happened. They were down like, 12-2 12-2 or something, 12-3. I don't remember what the actual score was. Uh, and they climbed all the way back up. Yeah. And ended up winning. <laughs> so let's uh, let's 
discuss the the mentality of why things should and shouldn't be banned. We uh, we talked about like you know all these degenerate things that like were banned for like one reason or another, but like why? Uh, well, I mean, if something is too good, right? In the case of MTG, right, we're talking about Oko and everything and that strategy. Um, when that's the only, or Meta Knight, this is the same deal, right? When it invalidates almost every other strategy. When that is, if you want to win, you play this, and that's it. Um, then that's bad. That needs something needs to change. That's that's the first one. Yeah, I would say something so polarizing it becomes the only option available. Or in the case of uh, CS:GO, for example, right? Um, the defending player almost had no way to to defend themselves against that. It was just shooting fish in a barrel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when, if it if it's taking up a certain percentage, then I feel like I can understand why like that needs to go. And I, I think like so it was something like six more than sixty percent of the field was just all um what is it? It was just all uh, simic food like Oko's yeah simic food decks. And that's like the I, uh, I remember um. My roommate was uh, comparing the top eight decks in a particular event. This is something that happened um, a few weeks to a month ago. And like of the top eight decks, twenty they all had the same 28 cards. Uh, one of them didn't have one of them in the main. It was in the side. So main, there was technically only 27 shared cards. But he still had the card in the side. It was like another Veil of Summer um, or whatever it was. It was something else. I don't remember what it was. But um, like technically all four copies of all of those cards were in the top eight decks. And it's like, that's that's a problem. Something needs to change. Amazing. In the case of strategies, um, Infinite's, I'm actually very surprised that wasn't banned because we're having a situation right now in Melee. Yeah, so with, let's, um, let's actually kind of talk about that. Um, Felipe, I'm, I'm not sure if like we ever actually talked about like our own consensus on this, but I can tell you right now, I'm pro-wobbling staying legal. Ooh. Really? Yes. Um, I'm not. Um, okay. Like, th- this is actually, like, a really good talking point. Yeah. So, um, I'm not because... Uh, Hacks... I think Hacks made a great video about this. Or was it Hacks or was it Rishi? I don't remember who... Somebody made a great video about this. Um, but it goes against all of the things that we value in a competitive melee game. Well, um, are you talking about uh, the Rishi Jungle Jam video? Possibly. I don't know if that was one for Hacks made. Because that's literally Um, a quote from Rishi's Jungle Jam. Well, that's a good quote, so that's fine. I'll take it. Uh, Hacks made a good video about it, too. Um, So, like, um, all of the exchanges we have in neutral, um, all of the the things we value as far as execution and combos, like, all of the things that we like about watching and playing Melee 100% do not apply to Wobbling. Um, It's basically... Um, not just fish for a grab, because I'll be honest with you, you have to you have to have a grab with Nana, and she has to be within range to be able to pummel. So like there there is two, although very easy conditions, but there are two additional conditions other than a grab. But it basically boils down to fish for a grab while you have Nana close to you, and that's how you win the game. Um, you have characters like Bananas, you had characters like uh, Discid Boogie, um, you had characters like Chu, you had characters like Nintendude, who would well Chu wouldn't really make his career out of it, but Nintendo Dizkid uh, and Bananas Army made their entire career out of wobbling. That's it. If, like, so, like, the only thing, the only prerequisite, prerequisite is that Nana still has to be there, and, like, you have to get grabbed, right? Yes. Like, is there is there no way to just run away from her for eight minutes? Um, well, it's a pretty mobile character. Um, they have very good uh, horizontal mobility uh, okay. with their wave dashes. Um, and at the end of the day... Um, I mean, Melee has edges. They have corners. Um, so, like, fast characters like Fox can. Uh, they can just camp and just shoot lasers. But there's a lot of other problems with that because that also doesn't reward the kind of Melee people want to watch and play. Like, nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to watch that. It's the same It's the same problem. So the Fox doesn't... Also, Fox has ways to deal with it. Fox can shine her um, and separate them. And Fox is one of the better characters at dealing with that problem. Gotcha. Um so th- there's no incentive for the fox to do that. The fox can just be a better player. But it's it's a strategy that is it's it's more than just it's a cheap strategy. It's a, it's a strategy that doesn't reward. It doesn't it doesn't embody any of the things that embodies melee. Um, it's 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 essentially the same thing as like 
it's 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 almost like timing somebody out, but not. Um, okay. But but not timing somebody out in like a good way, where it's like the health is really close, and it's like a fight for the finish, and like oh god, if I do my super here, and it cuts the timer down, and I might be able to get it, and what if he blocks it? No, it's just literally running away for eight minutes. Right. But it's, instead it's of running a, away for eight minutes, it's you're a, you're it's planking oh, and brawl. I yeah, love that though. Like so, like there was um there was a there was a combo in street fighter four that essentially did the same thing that like you you could you could essentially just time your opponent out with an infinite that a- after you did it like they would just they would the stun wouldn't happen anymore you do this infinite and your opponent just has to sit there and watch for 99 seconds and like um, i thought that was great i don't remember what combo was, or what game it was but i know there was like some 2d fighter this is older it was like pixelated um mm-hmm. where um there was like um uh what do you call it there the after each hit uh assuming you do the same hit uh you would get a little bit less damage um and, the, and it was already a low damaging move and there was an infinite in this game it was some fucking weird anime fighter uh i wish i knew it but i remember seeing a video of it but you can get someone in an infinite and it gets to the point where you do so little damage that the timer would go out before you actually killed them with damage as long as you can keep the infinite going yep. um i don't know what it's called the game but I remember this video, and I, I thought it was hilarious because you're essentially timing them out by not letting them play. Yep. Um, but you're not, and you're actively still attacking. Yeah. But you're not winning with damage. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, because what had, what ended yeah. up happening was like the because of damage proration, your the each hit would go down to do like one hit per. Yeah. Like one damage per hit, and it just would it would scale terribly. Yeah. So like the the timer would count down faster than their life would. I definitely remember a video of this, um, but I don't know the name anymore. So that's that's the same thing. That's the same exact thing. No, it definitely is. Um, so yeah, that like that's like your stance on um, anti wobbling. My stance on like pro wobbling is while it doesn't necessarily like reward what we value, um, good execution, combos, things like that. I don't think there's anything like as like but clenchingly exciting as watching someone try to outwit an ice climbers player. I think some of my most memorable matches in uh, my smash career, melee and brawl because ice climbers had an infinite in brawl too. Yeah, I know they had an easier one in brawl. (laughs) Yeah. They had a way easier one in brawl and it looked cooler, but it was like way more annoying. Um, Yeah. But every time I've played against an ice climber, in melee or brawl it's been one of the most memorable and exciting matches like i've like for me as a competitor i feel like you're in the minority i i probably am but here's the like i don't look at the game the same way other people do like you said we as a community value like combos and interaction and things like that and wobbling kind of like deletes the layer of interaction but it only deletes the layer of interaction once they grab you the game become like the chess game you play with an ice climber player because they're such a different character is like, it's mind boggling to me. There's a, there's a local player who, uh, who plays ice climbers and because wobbling is like talking about being banned, he doesn't wobble in tournaments anymore. But, mm. um, when we would play in tournament, like it was always like a really exciting match. Cause the dude had a lot of a Samus experience. I had like decent ice climbers experience and the way this dude played, um, like he had like, this weird light shielding thing that let him like wave dash out a shield and like down smash and like set up grab chains and like a bunch of stuff like that. And it was like really cool. And it made me think about my stage choices a little bit more. And it made me value the moves that I'm doing as a player more because if you get grabbed, you're done. Um, and when I went to CEO Felipe, I remember talking to you about this, like, cause we're looking up players in our bracket and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I could probably beat this player. And then the player after this is an ice climber player. I could probably beat them. And then you and I played against that dude in doubles bracket. And like, you were yeah, worried, you, you were worried you were, about you, you were sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were worried about it. And like, we played against him and his girlfriend. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this dude's not going to be a problem. So I meet, that, <laughs> I meet that dude in bracket, and we have, like, a really tight game one. Like, it comes down to, like, last stock, last hit. And then game uh, game two, he counterpicks me to Battlefield, and, like, that's when it, like, confirmed in my head. I was like, okay, this dude is, like, his sole intent is to wobble. And, like, that's, that's, like, what got him to where he is. And as long as I know that is his only tool against me, 
then I'm fine. Because he did, like, a lot of cool shit. Like, he's taking advantage of, like, the vertical aspect of, um, of their grab. Because Ice Climbers have, like, a taller grab, not necessarily a yeah. longer grab. Um, so mm-hmm. he's, like, grabbing me off of platforms. Um, he's, like, knocking me off of platforms into him. Like, like, so he'll have, like, Nana up on the top platform hit me, on hit my shield, make me fall off the platform and grab me. That sounds actually awesome. Yeah. That's interesting, though. Yeah, so, like, he's setting up wobbling in these unique ways, and uh, he ended up four-stocking me, and on the last stock, I was like, hey, if you let me go, I'm just gonna jump off the edge and we can go to game three. And, like, he's like, are you sure? Because, like, there's, like, the scummy mentality of, like, nah, this dude's just trying to get out, and he, like, let me go, and I jumped off the stage. And then we go to game three, I counterpick him to Pokemon Stadium, and I four-stock him because I've, like... I've dissected the situation. I'm like, okay, I know he wants to wobble me. So I'm going to play in such a way that I like can space myself out properly. And because Pokemon's like layout lets me move around it in such a way, I know I don't have to worry about it anymore. And then I went, I mean, that's fine. You had that interaction, but like, I feel like that wouldn't, I think it's mostly because and you, you were a better player than he was. <laughs> and so we get back to the lair that we talked about a few, a uh, few segments ago where it's like, Hey, man, if you were better, you wouldn't have been in the situation. You wouldn't have to worry about it. Yeah. And, like, that's the mindset that I take away with that because it's a strategy, and I think it is good, and I think it is overpowering for people that, like, end up getting caught in that situation. But there there are so many ways to not get caught in that situation. And I hate the, I hate the mentality of, like, well, don't get grabbed, don't get hit. But at the same time, yeah, that's, that's all it takes. I remember for a brawl tournament, there was a ice climber player that came in out of state, uh, and he was like super high on the power rankings from his state, and he just knocked out like a bunch of, like a bunch of our PR players, and I play against him in losers bracket, and uh, I, like I decimated him, and like everyone came up to me and they're like, "How did you do that?" And I'm like, "Well, I just didn't get grabbed, man." Like I mean, nice. he counterpicked me to uh, to FD and. I just didn't get grabbed. <laughs> like I don't know what to say. And that's at FD too. You ain't got platforms. Yeah, like he took like that's their stage. Yeah, game one was on battlefield. Uh, he didn't take a stock off me. Game, uh, game two, he took one stock off of me. Like, so it's I don't know. Okay, so you're right. So all it's okay. So let's let's break this down. So you like it because of the chess game that happens before, right? Yes. Um, which is basically a, a giant neutral interaction. That's fine. Um. Uh, like a very complicated neutral interaction uh, because you're you're playing the game completely differently. You're playing the game completely differently. Like he he has a plan. His plan is to set up a grab. Right. Um, that is that is is 100% his goal. How, like when you have to when on, on his side of the field or on his side of the game, um, like he has he has a win con right. Yeah. His his win con um, is is you know at the end of the day get a grab and then that's how many take a stock. Four grabs is a game. That's 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 all he sees. And you have a completely different thing because one, you also have, you know, whatever it is for your setups, your 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 smashes, your 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 edge guards, but then you also have a secondary thing of not getting grabbed. And that sets and that affects all of your win cons too. Right. You're before the game ever starts, you're automatically playing his game because that one strategy is legal. No, I, I get it. And either way. Like I said, I'm. I want wobbling to stay legal, but if it gets banned, I completely get it. I completely understand. As as a character who had uh, had a DDD infinite against him, I yeah. get it. Like, <laughs> it's not good. But... Don't a lot of characters have like in- infinites from like um? I forgot what's the what's the phrase like when you like hop on someone's head, you like toadstool them. Uh, footstool. footstool. Yeah, there aren't that many anymore. Um, in Ultimate, there's really only a couple of them, and they're not really infinite. Um, eventually, you'll break out of that. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like DDD you, had you take a, a lot of damage though. DDD had like a liter- like his um his down throw had a set knockback, and uh, it had like enough cooldown to uh, like infinite grab five characters in the game. Um, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but anyway. Like, I definitely get it. If it gets banned, I completely understand. But I think there's a world where people value, like, look at the game differently and are able to respect it. But that's asking a lot. Like, I don't, here's the thing, though. I don't think it's necessary for them. 
Um, I think they have enough tools. Um, and Wobbles proved it. Uh, the, the fucking... Okay, the guy who's the technique... Right? W Wobbling is named after Wobbles. Right? Oh, yeah. He advocated uh, Ice Climbers to not rely on Wobbling because they have the tools to not need it. Between all the handoffs and all the... The character actually has a surprising amount of range. Like, those hammers actually can get work done. Oh, I, I definitely <laughs> did it. Um, like, Wobbles advocated not relying on Wobbling. Um, use that, like, keep it in your back pocket to keep them honest, but you should be able to be taking two or three of their stocks without wobbling, and then if shit gets real, keep them honest. But, like, that should not be your go-to. Yeah. Um, so, like, I feel like the character has the tools that it needs when, like, their biggest champion, at least at the time, he's retired, but, like, their biggest champion chose not to do it. Um, I don't think, I don't think it's something they, they I don't think it, it's a crutch for. I I agree with that sentiment completely, um, and I do think if it does get banned, it does force Ice Climber players to evaluate the game in a different way, but I'm a glutton for punishment, man. I <laughs> I like being stressed when I'm playing. I think they would move, like, one spot down in the tier list. It wouldn't even be a big deal. No, it definitely wouldn't. It, like, yeah. it, it's no shit off that. Like, they definitely do have a lot of tools, and it, yeah. like, sometimes it gets to the point where it's, like, really infuriating to fight, but... Man, like I said, every every Ice Climber player I've ever fought against when, like, infinites are legal has always, like, because the stakes are always so high, and it's always, it yeah. always It's only so high because you know it's one grab and it's a stock. <laughs> but it feels so good when, you, like, you beat the machine. Like, <laughs> like, when, you, like... Like yeah, like fucking uh, John Henry goes up against the the railroad the train spike, goes the up railroad. against the <laughs> railroad spike lane machine, oh and he's like, I know I should lose, but I'm gonna fucking try my hardest, and I'm gonna fucking beat it if it kills me, and then it kills him, <laughs> and that's right. me. I'm the John Henry of this story. You got it, man. You can be the John Henry. I'll just be alive watching him. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll provide the entertainment. I, I I'll tell you what, man. Wobbling will be banned in every tournament, and I'll literally like, I'll sit down. You'll gentlemen's, you yeah. gentlemen's, and let them wobble. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I will sit gentlemen's down in that agreement. setup, and they pick ice climbers, and I go, "Hey, man, if you're an ice climber player, you can wobble me." Like I like, and we'll call a to over, and I'll be like, "I hereby say I wobbling is legal." I I, I consent. And honestly. That's all I'll that that's the what'll happen, and I'll be satisfied with that. A legend. Alright. <laughs> so yeah, we, we covered like uh uh powerful strategies, like broken stages, broken characters, whatever. Um let's kind of talk about like the modern aspect of uh of what bands are. Because in uh in the year twenty nineteen, we don't really like you don't need to ban anything because you got developers that are like monitoring the gameplay and can just patch stuff. Like yeah. uh, Oh gosh, yeah, true. So like, good old nerfs and buffs. And granted, in the in the old days, and I say the old days, but it's really not that long ago. Like, how many Street Fighter twos are there? How many like twenty five yeah. different um, versions of twenty five different version ports of Super Turbo, if I remember correctly? Yeah, uh, how many like uh, Marvel's Capcom three got a one remake, right? Yep, like three. I thought it got two. No, it got it got one. Um, oh, okay. But uh, yeah, like so, Capcom like looked at the game. They're like, "Whoa, fucking Wolverine's too fucking good." <laughs> like, and we want to add some other characters. So, here you go. Like, so they balance things out. Um, for PC games, uh, shooters like Overwatch, there's a uh, regular patch updates. Uh, they monitor the competitive scene, and uh, uh, I mean, I've been out of touch. I don't know if there's been like a patch recently, but I know. Um, there's gonna be one that's gonna be dropping either this week or next week. That's gonna be shaking things up. A yeah, and um, I mean, I'll probably put that on the docket for our itinerary, and we'll actually talk about what those uh, changes mean. Ooh, okay. Because um, I think that'd be an interesting episode to actually go over patch notes in the game, and that, that's gonna be a big one. Yeah. So, um, and I'll let you take the lead on that, Felipe. Mm hmm. Um, um, but yeah, like ahead. you don't like. There's no need for a community of uh, TOs to get together and talk about like, all right, this shit is fucking busted and I don't want it in this game. What'll happen is of course, uh, players and, uh, 
viewers will just complain. Right. Um, oh God, Rod- Roadhog has, t- he, his hook has too low cooldown. He's got too much health. There was a, in CSGO, there was a, a, a ridiculous revolver a few, uh, I don't know how many years ago, a couple years ago. Uh, the R8, which was the biggest bullshit on the planet. Basically, uh, it had more range than an AK, uh, could <laughs> one-shot anybody on a headshot. It was like 115 damage. Uh, faster, like fast fighter, uh, fast re- uh, fire rate, rate, and it ended up devolving into five-on-five matches of everybody having revolvers. Uh, hey man, I like there was, a, there was no other used weapon. <laughs> I like Red Dead revolver. <laughs> Jesus. Um, and sure enough, pretty quickly, um, they just packed it out, and then it ended up being stupid and not used anymore. But like, that's that's modern games. It was fucking bananas. Yeah, um, and I there's like another shooter where um, they're talking about banning a specific scope. I forgot what it's called, but like that's uh, like, Rainbow Six Siege, the uh, the ACOG. Yep, that's it, the ACOG. Um, mm-hmm. because like you slap it on like uh, a I think it's like a submachine gun, and now you have like a scope on this weapon that like is not designed for like precise shooting, but now the scope gives you this ability to like shoot yeah. super precise with his automatic weapon and it made it so certain classes could function certain roles they shouldn't be able to because like the weapons they had isn't designed for that that role exactly. but you throw, an a- you throw an ACOG scope on there and hey now you can do it yeah fucking let's go <laughs> so patches nerfs buffs those are the the modern day uh bands if you will um how do you feel about people that complain too much and don't let the game adapt i i hate so. it dude. like <laughs> you, you and me both man we've played yeah. we've played melee for 20 years almost like i don't know about all that but sure the game's only been i think the game is 18 years old so that's not really a thing <laughs> 20 years <laughs> like we've we've played competitive melee for a long time like for a good majority of my life i've been playing competitive melee the game hasn't had a patch ever yeah like, like there's a, the, the PAL version, which has like some slight differences, differences, but that's not even the main version that people play. Yeah. So, and the game, like for, for longest time, like in like 2003, 2004, Sheik was the best character. Then it was Fox. Uh, then like Sheik like went way down. Then she came back up and then ice climbers went up and then Samus like went somewhere like in the high mid tier and like, like Falco was at the top maybe for one point now puff is at the top no one really knows like like but the game like game down you get the game evolves as long as you're willing to put the effort to evolve with it exactly yeah. and i think the like there are definitely some times where like i think complaints are valid where it's like okay this character like has too many tools they're too good at what they do and they're actually nullifying different strategies but i feel like a lot of complaining that goes on with uh buffs and nerfs is actually just people like bitching and moaning. I agree. I remember there was a, a doubles event that we attended a million years ago uh, at PM, uh, and um, we won. And I remember one of the guys saying, "Dude, next patch, this is not going to happen." Right. Um, exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, "Ugh, you just suck, dude. <laughs> like you can like we're not even that good. You're just um, like you can you can easily overcome this." Uh, but yeah, just... they're, they're waiting on a patch as opposed to trying to get better. Right. And I, I actually hate that mentality. And it happens constantly in every game. Uh, it happens a lot in Overwatch. I watch a lot of Overwatch. There's a shield meta right now that's going to be going away in like another week or two. But um, I don't think it's as bad as people say it is. Um, At the same I time, mean, you're viewing it from a spectator point And like... Well, I mean, I play, I play casually as well. I mean, I play, you know, I, I play enough of... I, I see it in my games. Right. Um, so like... I, I, I am not good enough to be at the pro level, of course, but like they're they're really complaining that there's really just only a couple of uh, a couple of viable strategies, mm-hmm. and uh, they want to play their heroes. I don't want to I don't keep playing Arisa Sigma. I don't want to play. I want to play, play Doomfistra. I am tired of playing Doomfist and Reaper. Um, I'm done. Yeah, I want I want to play exactly. I want to play other characters. Where's my uh, Torbjorn? They're, they're just not viable. Um, and they're not viable. It's not that they're not viable. They're slightly less viable. Um, and like, you want to win. It's ladder, right? There's there's SR, and the, you, you want to rank up. Yeah. So like, you play it, but like, the, the you don't. There's ways to win around it. You just got to think different. 
the hyper competitive mindset is a double edged sword because you can use it as a tool to better yourself and become a better player. But you also look at the game more critical and you find the one best strategy and then you are afraid to deviate from it. Right. It isn't like as bad as Oko was, right? It isn't, it isn't that meta where, um, it was hundred percent dominated by it. There, there were counter strategies. You can, you can blast through with like bastions and symmetras and actually power through, but like, then you're, then you're playing bastion and symmetra and people don't want to play bastion and symmetra. That's really what it comes down to. They just I don't, mean, they want to play their guys and not other guys. I mean, I, uh, I want to play bastion and symmetra. But... Like there's definitely ways around it if you think around it, but people don't want to do that. So they're bitching and moaning, but it's okay because there's a new patch coming up soon and it's going to fix everything. Supposedly, we'll see. <laughs> well, we'll see indeed. Uh, I think this was a very good episode. We're uh, a little bit over an hour and uh, probably be down a little bit after I edit some stuff. But yeah, thank you, you guys. Gonna for... edit that cough out. What cough? Your beginning cough? Absolutely not. That's staying in. Amazing. <laughs> Dang it. That's. I think that's the best intro we've had. So why would I ever get rid of that? Nice. <laughs> I like how sure you are of that. Nice. 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 Thank you, uh, everybody, for tuning in. If you're listening on Spotify or iTunes, please check out QWEsports.com. I'll try to have more articles up there in the future. I'll probably edit this and hear a bunch of stuff that I wanted to talk about but didn't actually talk about, and I'll probably write up another article. Um, (laughs) New episodes every Monday, unless I don't feel like it, but I usually feel like it. So uh, new episodes every Monday. Uh, you can follow me. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitch. I haven't streamed in a while, but uh, twitch.tv slash monkhb. I'm at Zero on Twitter. And I am Deanthrax at Deanthrax. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Bye.